It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You talk about a tough morning to wake up and do a show. It's absolutely this morning. After calling the game last night, still don't believe what I saw. Although, I probably should. The way they had played going into the game last night. But, my gosh, it is unreal. The Tigers fall again. They lose to a team that was number 248 in the net. The Rice Owls come into Memphis and beat the Tigers 74-71. You figured if there was any set of Owls that the Tigers would have a problem with this year, it would be Florida Atlantic, and that still may be the case. But also the Rice Owls, a different set of Owls who shocked the college basketball world last night, knocking off Memphis. We welcome you in to Sports 56 Mornings. Welcome to February, everybody. It's the Thursday, February 1st, 2024 edition. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, it's where family and fun come together. Their floor model sale continues at 2120 Witten Road. That is just north of I-40. The first hour of the program also brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. Currently clear skies. 31 degrees. We're looking at a mixture of clouds and sunshine today. High of 62, which will be nice. Tonight, a few clouds with a low of 43. And then for your Friday to wrap up your work week, looks like it'll be a very nice day. Mostly sunshine, a few clouds, and a high of 66 tomorrow as we get closer to the sports weekend. But lots to talk about. Of course, the main topic will be the Tigers. We'll give you every opportunity here, especially in this first hour, to call in to text in on the Sports 56 listener lines at 901-360-8255. We'll talk NBA. We'll talk Grizzlies specifically with our buddy Brevin Knight, who will join us at 805, Grizzlies television analyst. I did want to talk a little bit about Doc Rivers and the Bucks. They're now 0-2 since Doc took over, including a loss last night for the Bucks in Portland as Damian Lillard returned to Rip City. Kerry Miller at 825. He is our regular baseball analyst during the MLB season, but he also covers college basketball for the Bleacher Report. We'll get his thoughts on Memphis and the whole college basketball picture. At 9.30, Joe DeLeon will join us. He's been on with us before. He's a draft analyst. He's covering both the Senior Bowl and tonight it is the Shrine Bowl, which will feature Blake Watson, who participated in the Hula Bowl. We'll get his thoughts on Blake, some of the other local guys, some of the participants this weekend in the Senior Bowl, and uh, his thoughts for the NFL Draft. And uh, we got some other things that we'll get to, time permitting, uh, from around the world of sports, including the latest with the whole Tennessee NCAA battle. And the NCAA has responded to Tennessee's response, and that's very rare for the NCAA to come out and say the things that they did, in fact, to say anything. So, again, time permitting, we'll get into that. But, obviously, Memphis, the main topic today is we welcome you in. Eli, i got to be honest with you, I'm still stunned. And, again, maybe I shouldn't be. Three-game losing streak going in, but this this was pathetic. 
it was a real doozy. Um, you owe me some money. Do I? Yes. You said the other day that since you were broadcasting the game, they would win. Yeah, I thought they would. So you owe me money. Um, I, didn't, I didn't specifically say anything, do I? Do I owe you a million dollars or something? Man, I hope not. No, you owe me my bet that I made for them to win the game. Oh, you bet the game? At halftime, I bet the second half. All I needed was them to win the game. That's hard. You, you had promised me that they would win the game. So I expect a full reimbursement. All right. I'll take check, cash. I can't take credit card, but if you want to give me your credit card, I'll take it. Venmo? A Venmo. Venmo would be great. PayPal? Cash app? Whatever. However you want to get it to me. I just I, I expect a full reimbursement here. When the Tigers, which, again, was crazy, a one nothing lead. Rice? <laughs> I thought let, they had it. No, a one nothing lead. That was it. That was their lead. Rice took over, led the whole entire game. And then when Memphis took the lead by three, I guarantee you, everybody and their mother thought, okay, it's over. They're going to now turn that into an eight or nine point win. They won't cover that crazy 14 and a half point spread, but Memphis will win the game. They've taken control. They've changed the momentum of the game. Rice was taking some quick shots. You've got to give a lot of credit to Rice, first of all. Rice, to make the shots they did, Evie to hit that step back three, for the young players like Dawes to make the free throws down the stretch to win the game. That Again, Rice, hat off, my cap's off to you, Rice. You went in there and you beat Memphis, coming off a loss at home to Tulsa, by the way. But this is all on Memphis, and all these games are all on Memphis. It's not about the opponent, it's about Memphis. And Penny Hardaway changes his starting lineup to try to shake it up a bit. Javon Quinterly comes off the bench. He starts Jonathan Pierre, who played a total of 40 minutes coming in. Jaquan Walton ends up being your point guard. uh, You had Naquan Tomlin starting over Nicholas Jourdain, so he shakes it up. Then he proceeds to play 10 players in 10 minutes, and he would have played 11, but Jaden Hardaway was out with a hand injury. He's trying to find the right combinations. He's experimenting as this game is going on. I don't know if he's thinking it's Rice and and this is when I can do a little experimenting, but he was looking for answers. He was searching. And then after the game, it's the same spiel. It's it's He's kind of throwing the team under the bus. The players are throwing each other under the bus. It's not good. Javon Quinterly said that really the problem is not in the locker room. The problem's on the floor. You saw what I thought was a better defensive performance in the first half, and then all of a sudden in the second half, it's matador defense, straight line drives to the hole. Memphis, everything was tough on the offensive end for them, and then on the defensive end, as we've seen a lot of times this year, Rice is getting to the hole easily. Again, this is Rice. This wasn't UConn. I'm at a loss for words. I know folks want to express their opinions, and you can jump on the phones right now at 360-8255. You can text in at 360-8255. It's the worst loss, certainly under the Penny error. And right now, you got to think they're out of the tournament. Um, some uh, Just some numbers. Rice, um, this is even after last night's game, so including last night's game. Uh, 247th in the nation in three-point shooting. Uh, They go 10 of 21. Uh, They were 316th in three-point defense. Tigers went three for 18. 
uh, 234th in defensive efficiency. Tigers mustered a whole 22 points in the first half against them. Uh, Tigers had an advantage in points off turnovers, huge advantage in second chance points, still lost the game somehow to Rice, who had one conference win. Um, <laughs> it's To me, it's almost more embarrassing that you took the lead late and then still lost the game. Yeah. Like, if you had never caught up, he's like, I got off to a terrible start, just could never catch him. Like, the fact that you caught him, took the lead with three minutes ago, and then still lost to Rice is beyond embarrassing. Like, th- this is... Uh, and one play would sum it all up. Malco goes the distance, goes in for an easy bucket, tries a reverse jam, and misses. They get the ball back. He gets fouled. He makes one free throw. So instead of having two points, they only get the one point. He should have made the second opportunity. The guy barely fouled him, but he's right underneath the ballot. He should have hit that one he could have dunked. Right, but just the point of him trying to go showstopper in that moment instead of just an easy dunk. And Malco played pretty well and he's played pretty well so this isn't pile on Malco it's just that that play kind of stood out from all the plays but that one and the the EVs, who, who threw the pass like five rows deep into the crowd Jalen Young <laughs> Jalen Young that thing, I was like I don't know where the hell that was going but. I'm trying to describe that on the <laughs> air I'm going it went over two rows of players and coaches into the that thing left his head I, like, I, I don't like that is uh, that's that's a bad one that one you're right Malco and then of course Evie step back three because that has been a continuing problem for the Tiger a continual problem for the Tigers this year is guarding the perimeter a lot of those threes are open threes a bad shooting team seems to get well against Memphis and as you mentioned Rice 10 of 21 from beyond the arc the uh, Tigers now 70th in the Ken Palm rankings 76th in the net you know, 76th they are uh, they're just ahead of North Texas they're holding on ahead of North Texas um, as far as AAC teams are concerned in the net rankings they're also 7th now in the conference I um, I, I, I don't like, there's a lot of things that Penny does, like the times that I don't understand. The whole Jonathan Pierre thing, there is no rational explanation for this. What's the purpose of starting him, first of all? But if you are going to start him, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he told Wolo in the pregame, he's like like our most talented player or something yeah, like I, that. Yeah, I was in that room with him. Yeah. Like, he, comes, he, he is the master of those types of things. And you play him six minutes. So, like, and if you were trying to, like, were you, if you're trying to send a message to Javon Quinterly, well, Quinterly played 32 minutes. So, like, you, what was the message? You're not going to start, but you're still going to play, like, the most minutes on the team. Like, I, I don't, like, I, there's no, what, what are you doing? What, what is that? What, what is the purpose of it? What, like, I, I don't even understand what an explanation of that can possibly be. I mean, the second half, he started. It's, Quinterly started. It's jo- yeah, but like it's you wouldn't. So if like you were like, hey, these, he's not playing the way I want him to play. We're gonna send a message. Well, okay, well, wait, what what message? Like you got to sit for the first. What he came in with? What? Wait, with two minutes into the game? Yeah, well, okay. yeah within the first uh, media. Well, the first media timeout didn't happen until about thirteen you, minutes. You, you gotta you gotta sit for the first two minutes. Boy, you're, you you got you got to change the way you're playing. I, and I don't even know if that was the purpose of it. Was to, I, I have no clue. I don't know what. It just he, it, he it was, just makes yes, no sense. Yes. He he was trying he, he was trying to send a message, but you're right. He ends up playing 32 minutes. Uh, he has not been the vocal point guard that he wants them to be, but he knows that 
his option, really, his best option is Quinterly. Certainly, when Quinterly's on, he's really, really good. Jonathan Pierre had played a total of 40 minutes, so he gave Pierre his shot. But, yes, he pulled him out pretty quickly, went back to Walton, went back basically to his same guys, with the exception of Tomlin did start the game over Jourdain, but Jourdain still played a bunch of minutes at 25 minutes. I, I don't know. It's a guy really... Right now, grasping at straws, searching for answers. Let's let's hear from our listeners because I know you guys have to be uh, have some pent up frustration that you want to let out. So we're going to give you that opportunity here in this first hour specifically. So line up three six zero eight two five five. If you don't want to call in, you can text in. Let's start with Dennis. Hi, Dennis. Well, here we are again, fellas. Here we are again. Groundhog Day, which is tomorrow, but seems like it's today. It's sombering, man, but uh, a couple points. Uh, one, uh, about Penny, and I was telling somebody this in my opinion. I see what you guys think about it, but um, it's almost like it's like Donald Trump, you know, because you didn't come through a certain process. Like, he didn't come through uh, a political route, so he speaks his mind. I think the same thing with Penny. He didn't come through, you know, normal coaching ranks, so he speaks his mind, whether it should be said or not, just like Trump. It's going to be said because you didn't come through the normal, you know, uh, alleyway to learn how to, you were. maybe you shouldn't say this or maybe you shouldn't say that. So I think he's just speaking mad. And, uh, You're saying he's unfiltered. Uh, he's unfiltered. Great word for it. Yeah, thank you. And, and as far as the Quinterly, uh their head coach at Alabama, maybe he was right. When he said the thing, you know, at the beginning of the year, he was saying, well, it's good to not have a, a player that I have to prod and, you know, keep motivating. Maybe this, you know, coming to fruition. And, and the third thing is about how everybody gets well on on uh, their poor shooting when they play us. Mm-hmm. To me, it's because you give them confidence. You give them confidence. The guy that UAB hadn't hit a three in, in five games, man. He was all 17, and he plays us and goes out of his mind because they're open. They're open, and, and, and I'm not one of these guys that's going to call in today and say they should fire penny. But I do think he needs to switch up the defense. That trapping defense, man, is not working, man. I know what he's hardwired to do, but it's kind of being stubborn, and I think that's what kind of got Josh passing out of here, man, being stubborn. So, gotcha, gotcha. You know, I hang up and let other guys you know, talk. Thank, Thank you, guys, you, Dennis. Man. That's a good point. There's a lot of people that are saying uh, he should go to zone. Uh at least with man-to-man, no-help defense, stick with your man, that's fine. But even if that's not working, relent. Go to zone. I did want to make one other point before we go back to the calls. Watching that Rice team, pretty fundamentally sound, but watching that Max Fiedler play the game of basketball, slow, right, doesn't have those quick feet, Malco was blown by him a lot, but on offense, gets the ball at the high post, he has the ball in his hand most of the time to run that offense. He's almost like a point forty, six foot eleven. Everybody saw this. They observed this. Gets the ball high post. Soon as he gets the ball, Rice is passing, right? Boom, boom. Nobody's dribbling out there for 20 seconds. They're passing, passing, passing. He gets the ball. He either hands it off and then sets a screen and then pick a pick and roll to the bucket, or he finds a backdoor cutter on a quick bounce pass. That dude was fundamentally sound. He didn't care one bit about scoring. Not one bit. And he ended up going for, what do you have, nine rebounds. He had 
five assists. He had four steals. That's the quintessential, fundamentally sound college basketball player who's got real good numbers and probably won't play a second of pro ball. If he does, it certainly won't be in the NBA. All right, Greg is next. Hi, Greg. How are you? Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. I've got to admit, I had forgot this game was on last night. And when I woke up and, and, and went online and saw the results of this 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 game, I, I said to myself, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap, man. If you can't beat Rice on your home floor, you'll go out in the first round of the NIT. The thing is, these guys, this team, I know everybody felt that they were this and they were that. They're just really not good players. They may have skills, and they may be able to. They may be decent ball players, but they're not coachable. And uh, and Penny has struggled to to find some kind of way to get some cohesiveness out of a team. Really, that when you look at it, they're just really not that good. Okay. Uh, I don't know if he can just change his offense and say, okay, we're just going to shoot threes. We're going to shoot threes. But anything, I guarantee you, Rice will not look this good against anybody else this season. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate I don't the phone call. Hey, make the tournament, man. It's a wrap. I give up. I'm waiting on, I'm waiting on next year. I appreciate and, it, my friend. You know, that's bad for Thank me. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it, it's bad. Greg didn't even know they were playing, right? So Lucky him. <laughs> uh, Rice, uh, yeah, I mean, Rice lost by double digits to Harvard, uh, Indiana State, UC Irvine. Houston nearly doubled them up, uh, beat them by 30, uh, 36. Uh, Louisiana beat them by 17. Um, I mean, they <laughs> it's like every... Like they had they had lost seven of their last eight coming into this game. The only win in there was Temple, who is probably the only team in the conference worse than them. Um, I, I this is <laughs> this is one of the this is like one of your all time worst losses that you could ever imagine. Again, when you're talking about a team that was once that was in the top ten, ranked in the top ten in the nation. I don't know that you could ever have a worse four-game stretch than this. Like, no. from a top-10 team, you're losing to teams that are bad, and two of them on your home floor, one of them when you had a 20-point lead in the second half. Like, th- this is as bad as it gets for any top-10 team, probably in the history of college basketball. I don't think that's hyperbole. I think that's accurate. I really do think it's accurate. But what what really bothers me the most is that we saw this team earlier in the season play incredibly well, played together. We saw the best players play like they were stars. We just had a caller say basically that maybe they're not that good, right? They're uncoachable. They're not as talented. You look at it now and you go, maybe the guy's right. But we saw it with our very eyes earlier in the season. If they were bad from the beginning, then you go, okay, just this this talent pool we brought in was not good and there's no chemistry. But they went from playing incredible basketball. I called that Clemson game. What a big win that was against a really good team. Then they destroyed Virginia. And then they fell off the face of the earth. It it, it is one of the most puzzling things I have seen in sports in all my years covering any sport 
to see a team fall from grace that quickly. They were top 10 two weeks ago. Back to the Sports 56 listener lines. Kenny is next. Hi, Kenny. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, if this thing continues to collapse like this, then the university is going to have to have a conversation with the, with the coaching staff. And we're going to have to figure out where we want to be because right now you're not in the tournament. Probably going to have to win the uh, tournament to get the uh, bid. Probably going to have to win the conference tournament. And the way we're playing, I just I don't see that happening. And it's like it's, it's like a team where everybody just, I imagine you just put your clothes on and everybody goes their separate way, including the, including the coach. It's, it's crazy to it see a team just collapse like this. And you have to start with the person at the top. Mm-hmm. Man, you're going to have to get this together. You, you can't, con- in other words, you cannot let a great player in your program hold you hostage as a university. And so these questions are going to have to be asked because I, I don't, I'm just going to be honest with you. With this current situation, I don't see this program being a second weekend type team. I just don't. I mean, I, I, give me something that says, okay, I can see this program becoming a consistent, maybe two out of every five years, Sweet 16. I don't see that in this current situation. I just don't see it. All right. Thank you, well, Kenny. Good well, stuff. It's impossible to see right now. Yeah, we're, there we're, we're the morning after a loss on their home floor to Rice. Like, you've... Uh, talking Sweet Sixteens, um, yeah, that's not even a possible topic of conversation. Javon Quinterly after the game, this isn't on P at all, meaning Penny. There's no disconnect between us and Coach. We drop the ball as players. Uh, Quinterly also said, I don't remember ever going through something like this. I'm telling the guys, stay off social media. Either we're going to get tired of feeling like this and do something about it, or it's going to keep happening. Uh, On the locker room, I don't really think it's a locker room issue. I really don't. We're just not together on the court. All the way up until the court, we're together. I feel like guys don't respond well to constructive criticism. Let me get Keith in before our break. Keith, how are you? Hey, I'm terrible this morning, but anyway. (laughs) How do you go, how do you miss, like, your first 13 three-pointers, and you go three for 18 on three-pointers <laughs> in the whole game. And I know the, the refs may have missed a call or two. I think you and, and Albright said, well, that maybe should have been a and one there. I think like maybe right. they got Malcolm, Malcolm a couple times. But so we had like 22 points in the first half, <laughs> and you used to scoring 80-something points a game. And that don't make sense. And how does Rice just loop these guards and people just loop around our defense and just I don't know how did they get so many layups I mean you know it's like like every shot they made was a layup yeah you know Keith John made the point he said once the guy the defender in this case Memphis defending then takes his eye off that defender to look where the ball is that defender then makes the move they 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 lose out so many times by losing where their where their guy their guarding is and that player goes backdoor and on a good team that does that backdoor cuts and those pick and rolls and fundamentally sound basketball on a team that's 284 in the damn net or 248 in the net it's amazing how they schooled Memphis with old school type basketball it is. I mean, you've got you hit the nail on the head. Free throws were the only thing we did good. Eighteen for twenty-one on free throws. So yeah. if, if anything else compared to as good as we shot free throws, we would have won the game. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate it, man. You're right on with your comments. Here's the amazing thing: I had um, 
I had our director look up the stat just in case it happened, but it was getting late where the Tigers hadn't hit a three yet. As, as uh, Keith pointed out, they started out, what, 0 for 13. thought, when's the last time that they didn't hit a three in the game? And we didn't say it on the air because obviously they came down and they hit and they went back-to-back with threes. But I think it was, I thought she told me 19... Say 2001 or 19, I forget what it was, 2001 or 1991. I think it was 2001. And um, that's a long, long time. But they, they go three for 18. And they kept shooting those threes. David Jones was one of five. Walton was one of four. Quinterly was 0 of five. But we've only talked mainly about defense, 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 defense during this losing skid. We haven't once really said anything about the offense. Because the offense was clicking. They were the number one team in scoring in the conference going into this game, nearly 90 points per game in the conference. But it was defense. Gave up 97 to UAB. And, and again, as Keith pointed out, 22 points in the first half. So all of a sudden you go, where, where did this come from? Now they're inept offensively to go with the problems that they have defensively, which reared its ugly head in the second half? The Rice, basically, if you just – Get on the court with Rice, you basically score 80 points this season. Like, everybody has scored 80 points against Rice. It's, and they managed a whole 71 with – they made eight shots in the first half of a game against a horrendous defense in Rice. Eight shots. Like, it's Here, – Here's another it makes, thing. It, it's like there's just no – Again, this is whatever adjective you want to use for it. um, It is a this is horrendous, terrible, whatever. Right? This is just it's an inexcusable loss. Here's another thing. Um, Again, in our pregame meeting with Coach with Penny, he said that he wants twenty assists and ten no more than ten turnovers a game. So two to one assist to turnover ratio. I can't remember the last time that they had 10 or less turnovers and 20 or more assists. Last night, they had 10 assists, 16 turnovers. Their assist-to-turnover ratio is horrible. Yes. That's that's what happens. Right. Well, you don't make many shots, it's hard to get assists, too. So it's, it's, it's a... Goes hand-in-hand, hand, right? Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration for all your roofing and home repair needs. Call Brandon McCullough at 901-438-5084 or go online. To newroofmemphis.com, they offer financing, different plans and options to choose from to suit your budget, a 6, 12, even an 18-month same as cash option. They'll work with your insurance company. They'll work out of pocket. They are part of the Roofs for Troops program. Any veteran, active, or retired, get a $250 rebate on the purchase of a new roof. They do residential and commercial roofing. So business owners, property managers, homeowners, obviously, if you have a leak or any other roofing problem, call Brandon today. They'll come out and do a free roof inspection. They're licensed, bonded, and insured and a member of the Better Business Bureau. You get a five-year labor warranty on the purchase of a new roof. All their work satisfaction guarantee. That includes carpentry work. They can do exterior painting. They can replace gutters, install shingles, put up fencing, siding, rotten wood repair. Whatever you can't do yourself, call the experts at Pinnacle Locally owned and operated, Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration for all your roofing and home repair needs. Call Brandon McCullough. Tell him you heard it here on Sports 56 Mornings, 901-438-5084 or online at newroofmemphis.com. We're taking your calls and texts on the Tigers debacle last night. Four straight defeats. Line them on up, 360-8255 if you'd like to.
to call in. That's the same number if you would like to text in the Sports 56 listener lines. We'll get back to those calls and texts when we return. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle Brother Knight will join us at 8.05. We won't be crying in our soup for three hours, but we are giving you the opportunity here in hour one, hour number one to... Get it off your chest after the Tigers fell last night. Worst loss under Penny Hardaway, I think, by far. I know they blew a 20-point lead against South Florida, but Rice compared to South Florida, I mean, come on. Uh, this is, again, a 248 net team that they lost to at home. Parth Upajai, our buddy from the Daily Memphian, tweeted out last night that the loss to Rice is a Q4 loss. They already have two Q3 losses. Only seven teams in the net era have received an at-large bid with three-plus Q3, Q4 losses. Again, there's still a ways to go, and if they can find the answers, right now there are just too many questions and not enough answers, but if they can find the answers, can they make a run and win the conference tournament championship? Absolutely, no question about it. You still got to go to SMU, which will be tough. All of a sudden, North Texas, who lost last night, by the way, to UAB, nice rally for Andy Kennedy's team to win on the road, but that's a tough team. They look good, one of the newcomers to the conference. And you got Florida Atlantic twice. So these losses are mounting, but I think right now they are not a tournament team. I think most people would agree. At 15 and 6, now 4 and 4 in the conference, sitting in seventh place. And it's just, again, hard to believe that that is the situation after the start they got off to. Uh, Ray texts in, says, let's compare Penny's first six years to these Tigers coaches' first six seasons. Larry Finch, three NCAA appearances, four and three record, one Elite Eight. Calipari, three NCAA appearances, four and three record, one Elite Eight. Pastor, four NCAA appearances, two and four record. Hardaway, two appearances, one and two record. I think Penny's heart is in the right place as he really wants to make Memphis a contender again, but he doesn't seem to be cut out for this job. And for six seasons, we're still seeing the same coaching, no offensive plays, no consistent rotation of players, ineffective press, etc. Not all great players make good coaches. That's okay. For the good of the program, Penny should step down at the end of the season. Best for everyone, as I don't want to see what happened with Coach Finch. That's a, that's a great uh, text. And, and I asked Andy Borman specifically about that on Wednesday in a roundabout way. If there's a disconnect between the way the game plan is, the coaching is for the players to comprehend and then execute the way he wants them to execute. And I bring up examples of Ted Williams and all these greats who went on to try to become managers or coaches, and they weren't successful. Some have been okay, but for the most part, they're not that successful. I'm talking about the superstars of sport because they expect those players to be them that they will do what they did. Penny Hardaway was an unbelievable player, and maybe the expectations are too high that he, they're going to do 
what he did as a player. But I'm not so sure we're at that point yet. And Andy Borman seemed to think so as well because I don't think it's that complicated. I don't think what they're doing in the game planning is that crazy for these guys to not be able to comprehend. As JQ said last night, this is on him. I think it's on everybody. It's certainly on Penny. It's certainly on the players as well. Uh, Max says, the Tigers couldn't get out of an escape room together right now. (laughs) (laughs) They're tough, though, those escape rooms. The media trashed Tubby, but he could coach and deserved at least two more years. Penny should have joined his staff, learned a thing or three, then took over. Penny believed his own hype. He's lost. When this season is over, it will be, and if it doesn't, if they're not able to resolve the problems and get to the tournament, then it's going to be a very interesting conversation because at that point, as Ray pointed out, one tournament win in six years. If they don't make the tournament, he absolutely needs to step down because they're not going to fire him. No, that's not happening. No, he needs to, for the good as race for the good of everybody. He needs to say if they if this team goes from a top ten team to not making the tournament, it's time to pull the plug and say you know what, let me try. Let, let's let somebody else have a crack at this thing. It would be one of the worst local sports stories we've had in a long, long time, and uh, you know that conversation hopefully will not be had. But uh, if. It is. It's it's going to be very interesting. All right, let me go back to the Sports 56. Lester Lines, Dwayne is next. Hi, Dwayne. Hey, what's going on, guys? Come Let me on. ask you guys a question. Sure. How are you going to get 20, 20 assists when guys don't shut the ball? I know. <laughs> I'm just trying to – I mean, you see guys, you see us on fast break, have the advantage, and still don't shut the ball. Yep. And you don't really run set. You run the offense, but you're not running set to get a guy shot, so you're not going to get an assist from there. No, it's just ball screen. All it is is a ball screen, and then you go make a play. This, Rice I mean, was running it. sets. It's, I mean, it's ball screen one-on-one. That's the game. Hope we get a rebound. And we ain't been doing that. Uh, well, we've been doing a little bit better late. Did Quinley start the game? Because I didn't see the first five or six no. minutes. Quinley, Quinley, Quinley did, did not, not start. Jonathan Pierre he, he started. He sat in for a whole, like, two minutes. I'm going to ask something. You put down the starting point guard, and you play a guy who hadn't played all year. Makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, no. it, just, it, it, it makes no sense. I know he's trying to reach, he's trying to plug. But if you're going to plug, you got to plug somebody that makes sense. And Hardaway, if you look at this schedule, man, be honest with you, we are the laughing stock of the NCAA. It is, it is, it's no question. Everybody in the conference now says, you know what? These guys ain't that good. Right. They can't play with each other. All we right. got to do is get up on them. And, yep. they, and, and that's what everybody's doing now. These guys look at us like like they're, they're the top 10 team in the country. And this, this is the worst thing that can happen to Memphis. And I said it six years ago on this radio. I said, Hardaway need to take a seat under Tubby for three years and then walk into the job. Everybody was like, no, Hardaway need to be the man. He, they, I mean, he bring a lot of players. And I said, hey, it ain't about the players. I want to know when is the guy tough enough and can he coach in, in real bad situations. Yeah. And part of coaching is galvanize your guys and tell them, look, I'm not having it because I'm quite sure guys don't get along everywhere. But if you got this much dissension on the floor, it's in the locker room. It's in the lunch room. And he should have said, hey, look, this ain't going to work. Someone needs to go. And it may hurt It may hurt the team, but someone should have left because this is a problem what we're seeing. We're seeing a guy who can't step up and say, hey, I'm the man. This is my team. Do what I say or you can leave. Good call, Dwayne. Thank you very All much. Guys. Appreciate it. All right. <laughs> One guy tried to leave. They brought him back. 
How's that going? He did try to leave. Uh, Mike is next. Hey, Mike. Hey, uh, well, I see Penny's back to try and run that pro offense. He ditched for the, whatever you call that, the amoeba deep offense. So that's back, and he can't run that. And the other thing is he keeps playing that, you know, it's kind of like you just keep doing something over and over again on that defense. He keeps saying he's changing, and it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Right. If they're cutting, they're beating your back door, and they're getting open shots. I mean, it's not hard to beat the Tigers, and the only thing he's got left is to make some changes himself. He's got to get up in the, and look in the mirror in the morning and say, I've got to make some changes, not do the same old thing and say I'm trying. I hear you, Mike. And, uh, you know, and the other thing is, you know, it's a different era. You pay these guys. Just tell them I'm going to cut your check out if you don't play better. Yeah, I don't know how that all works, but that would be kind of nice. Uh, Do it pros time. We're pros now. I mean, there's no college crap about it, you know. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate the phone call. Well, you still got to pay the players, but, um, yeah, you can cut the players. I don't I Quinterly, by the way, came in with uh, sixteen fifty-five to go. So he sat at the start of the game. He, he did that whole three minutes and five seconds, and then he played the most minutes of anybody on the team. It's a the coach. Game. It's oh, a coach. God. Look, it's a coach that message sent. It's a coach that's grasping at straws right now. He he, he doesn't have the answers. Uh, interesting with Quinterly. Quinterly, the last three games before last night, all losses. He had a total of eleven assists and eleven turnovers. The game before that was the Wichita State game where he had 11 assists in that game alone. Whatever they did in the second half of Wichita State seemed to cure some of the ills from a few of those earlier games after the Clemson-Virginia run, and then they lost it again. They Well, they had a 20-point lead on South Florida, so they were cruising. To me, even though they've had a lot of close games, and they can, hell, they could have eight, nine losses drop of a hat they can have eight nine losses a lot of games that have gone down the wire the overtime game against usta but they were figuring out ways to win now they they haven't been able to figure out ways to win but again with uh with quinterly he's trying to get more vocal out of him to be more of a leader out there uh, not by example but by communication to be able to be the guy that is the quarterback on the court using an nfl or a football term and he's not been that way. But you're right, Eli. He he tries to send a message. He pulls him in. He does. He doesn't start him. And then three minutes into the game, or basically whatever it was, he brings him in. Quinterly to me looked like he was pissed that he wasn't starting. And he was. He didn't do anything that first half. And then in the second half, he started to get a little bit uh, back. But he was missing some shots down the stretch. He had a couple of runners, but for the most part, really struggled with his shot as did most of the players offensively, uh, until that one stretch when they grabbed the lead and you thought right there maybe they had taken this game away from Rice, stolen the game, if you will, from Rice, which is hard to believe that I'm even saying that. But it was going to be one of those deals where at the end, you know, John and I were probably going to say, Rice did everything, they should have won that game, they deserved to win the game, but uh, you know, give Memphis credit for rallying the way they did. And then Rice rallied right back after losing the lead and winning that game. They deserved to win that damn basketball game. Uh, Texas says, right now Memphis is rock bottom. It's sad, really. I would hope this is rock bottom, but we don't know. <laughs> I thought I thought before last night was rock bottom. Then Rice happened. I don't know. Like, I, don't, I, I don't know what rock. We, we may not have seen rock bottom yet. I well, where's Temple in the net? 
Now, it's a road game, but where's Temple in the net? Well, Temple, I think, is last in the conference. They're last the in Temple, the conference, Temple's but where Temple. are they in the net? Again, this is a home loss to 248 in the net. I don't think you can get worse than that. Wichita State will come in Saturday. They have to have a better net than Rice. Uh, and Temple on the road, again, it's a road game. They're bad, but I, I think this is the worst loss you can have in the conference. 250. 250 for Temple? Yes. But it's at Temple. So I would say losing at home to a 248 is worse. And there's nobody else worse than that in the conference, right? No, Temple's the worst in the conference. I'm, I'm right, but I'm saying 250, yeah, if you were playing them at home, that would be rock bottom if you lost to Temple, but you're playing them in Philadelphia. I mean, it would be a disaster even losing to them on Mars, for goodness sakes. Uh, Brand says, with the exception of the Wichita State game, they could easily have lost their last nine games. Their last few victories were one to three points, came down to the last minutes. Yes, yeah, you look, I mean, certainly the UTSA game, very much losable. Uh, SMU, losable. Tulsa, losable. Austin P. they struggle, but they were really ever going to lose the game. Vanderbilt, literally had a shot to beat you. Um, VCU. So if you go... VCU, right? Well, that was way earlier. Yes, though, but, but that was another one where it could have been a loss. you go, if, if you would have, if, yeah, if some of those last second shots go a different way, yeah, you could be, you could have lost easily eight of your last ten. Right, Quinterly hit two threes to win games in the final moments. Uh, Drew says, Penny wants to be a friend of the players, not a coach. The program is back to being an embarrassment. Uh, Tiger how, Steve how says, hell did this out of all my 53 years on this earth, being a Tiger fan, I don't believe a team has had a stretch like this to be the top 10 and fall this fast. I gave Penny, Penny praise three weeks ago. Now someone's got to go. Again, I will say, I, 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 maybe there has been, but I would just guess this is as bad a stretch as any, I'll use air quotes because they were just voted there. Nobody says anything. But from a team that was in a top 10, right? I can't imagine a top 10 team, unless maybe they had a massive injury, like somebody got hurt, like like was their leading scorer or whatever. I, I can't imagine having a worse stretch for a top 10 team. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get two home losses to teams that are bad, and one of them you had a 20-point lead in the second half. And then two other losses. None of these teams are sniffing the NCAA tournament. They're not even close to the NCAA. Rice and South, Rice won't even sniff the CBI or whatever they have now. The CIT is, I don't know, what it, whichever one. They may have both of them. I don't even, like, they're not even, and they had one conference win and came in here and beat the Tigers. And their one conference win was against Temple, right? Was, was, was against the worst team in the conference. That was the only team they had beaten in the conference was Temple. I wonder how many teams that were ranked in the top 10 in January of a season didn't make the NCAA tournament. I'd love to know that. Didn't that happen well, to North well, it, would, it would happen to, it happened to Penny. The first time they were ranked in the top but didn't, Ten was, didn't that happen they didn't to go North to the tournament Carolina that year. At one point? Huh? Who? Didn't it happen to North Carolina at one point? It may have. I'm not yeah. saying it's unprecedented, but yeah, I forgot about that with the Penny the first time. You hope, Hopefully it's not a second time, but there's a good chance. Um, Ron says Penny wants to be the player's buddy. That's why he plays 10 players. No emotion on the sideline. Um, somebody else says if this was any other coach other than Penny, let's be honest, there would be talk of letting him go. No question. Pastor Tubby would never be able to survive this debacle. 
Penny is everybody's favorite son. It's going to be hard to do, but he has to be held accountable. Former players have a tough time coaching. Ewing, Drexler couldn't do it. At least Larry Finch did win ball games and conference championships. That is probably uh, this is probably the beginning of the end. We'll get to more of those texts uh, as they keep on rolling in here. 901-360-8255. 901-360-8255. Folks, have you heard? The original Memphis beer, Goldcrest 51, is back. And on Monday, next Monday, February 5th, it is going to be hitting the shelves of stores. It's going to be hitting the bars as well. It's been in a f- couple of places so far, but now it, they're unveiling it. It's the big return of Goldcrest 51 coming up on Monday. First brewed in 1936. Well, now it's being made locally again by Soul and Spirits Brewery. And again, Monday, ask for it all your favorite beer places. We'll take a quick T.O., come back with more of your texts and calls right here on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Now, I'd ask the question earlier about a team being ranked in the top 10 in mid-January and not making the NCAA tournament. You brought up that that Penny team, but they were ranked in the top 10 in December, correct? So they wouldn't fall into this category. So the, one, the point I'm making is mid-January is, is pretty late. I mean, you're three months into the season and you're a top 10 team. I know it's not unprecedented. And I don't know if North Carolina was in that same position as you brought up, Zach, if it was mid-January. But as late as this is to go from 10th ranked in the country to right now, I would imagine in most of the bracketology, which will, I don't know if Lenardi does it daily yet. Jerry does it on Monday and Friday, so tomorrow he'll come out with his latest. Kerry Miller is going to join us. He does one as well, so we'll talk to him. I would imagine that they're on the outside looking in. So, again, I don't know of a team right off the top of my head ranked in the top 10 in mid-January that misses the NCAA tournament. The 20, is it the 2021 season, or 1920 season, excuse me. I guess that we don't know. They I guess they did technically miss the tournament because there wasn't a tournament that year. They were tracking <laughs> to right. missing the tournament. Right. They were number nine uh they were number nine in the country going into the new year. So at the beginning of conference play, they were number nine in the country. Okay. Um, and then they uh, then they lost back-to-back games to Georgia, Wichita State. One, two, lost two. Later in the year, had a three-game losing streak. The other year that he got into the top ten, two weeks later, they were out of the polls and never got back into the polls as well. Once they get into the top ten... They do not have any success under Penny Hardaway. Was that the season they had the four-game losing streak? This ties his longest losing streak, correct? I do not know. I believe he had a four. Yeah, I'm positive they had a four-game losing streak at one point in his career coaching at Memphis. But that's it. I don't think he's gone beyond that. They could set a record in a dubious manner on Friday, on uh, Saturday if they lost at home to Wichita State. Yeah, the 2021 season. Um 
they had or 21-22 season, I mean. They got to number nine in the country um, and then lost four in a row. They lost to Iowa State, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Murray State. Yep. And then they beat Alabama, who was ranked sixth in the country, and followed that up with a loss to Tulane. So, again, like they get to the top ten. That is the worst thing that can happen to a Penny Hardaway coach team, apparently. They they then collapse once they get into a top ten. He doesn't have this great record in January. Now he's like 10 games above 500, but I had the stat last night on the broadcast. His February's his February teams have a really really good record. His January teams, yeah. So it's the trend continues, but right now you don't you don't see any answers, right? You don't see any anything getting better with the way the team is so discombobulated. Uh, Kip on YouTube says, we see this every year with Penny's teams. Past teams had Jeremiah Martin, DeAndre Williams, or Kendrick Davis to save Penny. This team doesn't have that type of player. Um, uh, Bear says, good morning. On Memphis State night, no less, the Tigers lose to Rice. Yeah, I've not been a fan who has called for Penny to be let go, and I'm still not. But this four-game losing streak after being ranked in the top 10 is utterly embarrassing. This team, this program, has to get things back on track. Blame is shared from the top on down. I don't know what the answer is, but if I, I feel like this team is in jeopardy of missing the big dance. I'm remaining optimistic that Penny, the staff, and players will get it figured out. Go Tigers, go. Uh, well, it's hard to have optimism. <laughs> I don't Hard to have optimism the day after losing at your home court to Rice. Um, another texter says it's hard to have any hope for this program anymore this season. Going from the expectations before the start of the season to people picking us as a dark horse Final Four pick to playing so well in the non-conference, now to this, it's just so sad. I don't know how we could go from being such a solid, experienced team to trying to figure out how to play solid, fundamental basketball. Make it make sense. No, that's impossible. Can't do that. Uh, I feel like the Tigers' problems are mental. Some players aren't playing with interest or caring. They aren't relating to Penny, in my opinion. Well, that goes back to the discussion about NIL and players coming in for their one final season that they're not, there's there's really no consequences if they don't get it done. They don't have a connection to the city. They haven't played here, but Better better than that is they haven't come here to play three or four years where you learn to love the city and the community and you want to win for that community. This looks more like guys that are coming in, and you hate to say it because it's college sports, but it's the way college sports is now. They're coming in for a payday. <laughs> they're hoping to win a national championship, but they're coming in for a payday. They're playing under a coach who played in the NBA, and that's it. There's just there's no there's no heart as far as you know the community and the feelings of the community and the history of the program and things of that nature. There's there's a disconnect there. Uh, another texter, forget coaching, chemistry, et cetera. Team and players just not as good as first thought to be. That's a possibility as well. Uh, Ooh, these texts are on on. Another one says, on "Coach here. Penny lost this team." JQ sounds like it could be the player leader of this team, but who knows? Um. That's the reason why JQ didn't start last night. One of the reasons, again, not being that vocal leader that they need him to be out on the floor, but then he plays him 32 minutes. And he realized pretty quick that, yeah, I still have to have him out there because he's one of my top two, three best players. 
Uh, another one says, enough is enough. Memphis Tigers basketball. Uh, win the AAC tournament or hosting an NIT tournament game, maybe. They'll turn it down. I, I, I would guarantee you if Memphis did not get to the NCAA tournament with what would be a colossal collapse, that they would turn it down. I, I, I don't see it. I mean, no. maybe, maybe not. But in my opinion, I, I could see that happening. In other words, just my opinion of these issues started when Tomlin showed up. Now, whether it's a coincidence or not, like literally that stretch of games started with Naquan Tomlin's first game was the Vanderbilt game. Since then, they have been a completely different team. They won some of them, but they were all in close fashion. And other than the Wichita State and kind of Austin P. But yeah, I, I now whether that's to blame him, he's to blame, I don't know. But like it, it there's no doubt that the performances changed once Nacon Tomlin was added to this team. Well, it is. I think it's more coincidental than anything, but to blame that guy is ridiculous. He's played really, really well. If it is because of that, then you blame the coach for bringing that player in midseason. But I, I certainly don't want people to pile on Naquan Tomlin. He's gone out there and he's played his heart, his heart out. He's played well, but you're right. For whatever reason, it coincides with that timing. This is karma from beginning of the season, if you remember. Got all these true blue Tiger fans talking about they could, like the Grizzlies can leave. Like this is the city's <laughs> team, man. Like, hey, this this is what we wanted. Here's what here's something I didn't think I'd be saying. Coming up to start next hour, at least we get to talk about something positive. The Grizzlies. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. The eighteen some, and twenty nine Grizzlies. Something much more fun. Let's talk Grizzlies. Uh, this hour of the program brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware Corner of White Station and Quince is where you'll find them. That's where you'll find everything you need for all those projects around the house. It's where you'll find replacement key fobs at a much better price than you'll find at the dealerships. It's where you'll find the big green egg and all the accessories. It's where you'll find a great staff to help you. Find Whatever it is you're looking for, East Memphis Ace Hardware Corner of White Station in Quince. And we'll get back to some college basketball outside of what happened for Memphis last night against Rice a little bit later on in the show, including a couple more top 25 teams going down, Kentucky being one of them at Rupp Arena. We'll talk about that. But as Eli said, when we come back, our buddy Brevin Knight joins us. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Yeah. 